Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And he's old. And I'm young. But we're both cute. You're listening to a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again with your host Nick Scopes and the Bregolicious. You know how we do, cause you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a pool swung titty. About get kitty, cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty. And we make shit sound so damn pretty. Yeah, cause this unhinged comedy. And right now you're in the mix. So get ready, cause we about to get it popping. We ain't stopping. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues. I am your host, Nick Scopes. And I'm Greg Alprin. <laughs> that was my sleepy voice. Greg's really, Greg's really bringing the energy tonight. Um, I'm going to have to rely on our guest, Adam Gab to pick up the energy how are you sir it's great <laughs> i'm good thank you guys for having me love your show appreciate it thanks for that thanks for coming on man i'm just yeah. tired of hearing the theme song i don't know it's taking it sucks all the energy out <laughs> of I, I was just gonna, gonna give you a compliment in a song i really like it a lot of people <laughs> like it i saw yeah. you vibing a little bit i know yeah. we're just i mean this is the hundredth and 50 20 seconds. something time we've you know what i mean <laughs> i hear you yeah 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. It has a special uh, special place in my heart, but did you write it? <laughs> no, I didn't write it. I I well, yes and no. I wrote like a couple of the key lyrics and then I just handed it over to a couple of hip hop guys and was like, "Make me a rap song, man." And they did. And now we have a video for it too, which is done by puppets. So it's it's oh. pretty funny. Um we have, we, I have two versions of it, one which Nick absolutely hates because it's a very Beastie Boys style. And for some uh-huh. reason, Nick, who grew up right here in Westchester, ha- does, has a passionate hatred for the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I don't hate them. I mean, just not my thing. It's like yeah. how I feel about like Bruce Springsteen. Like, I don't hate him, but I'm never going to listen to him. You know I, mean? <laughs> I hear you. So you're a music producer as well, I guess. Yeah. That's your credit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. something. We don't know yeah. what he is. Definitely something. So we're to figure it out. Um, what's going on with you? How's the city? How's the comedy business? Uh, I mean, it's great. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's working every day. You know, I produce shows <laughs> left and right. You know, <laughs> it's booming. Yeah. It's, booming yeah. in New York City. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. You know, especially like, you know, I, I produce a lot of shows usually like around the city and just, you know, it, it, it's crazy how you see like all the venues are just like you know ready to go but they don't have the permit to so yeah so what what's what's the general feeling in in the city i mean obviously you know we're we're pretty close to the guys at stand up new york so i see all the stuff that those guys do and post and um you know it, it's an interesting time because there's a lot of hypocrisy that seems to be going on in, in, in regards to what can open, who can do stuff and, and who can't. And, you know, I'm curious from, you know, obviously you're close and do a lot with the comedy seller, obviously hosting one of the podcasts and, and booking shows and doing stuff there and having worked there for a long time. What, what are you guys, you know, what are you guys thinking? Um, I mean, I can't really speak for them. I'm friends with Noam, the owner, you yeah. know, so we talk regularly about comedy because, you know, when I worked there, 
uh, for a while. Then I start producing my own shows. So we start, you know, talking about this. Uh, uh, Norm in general is very, um, is very cautious about, you know, he really cares about the people not getting sick and all yep. that and the comedians especially. So, so it's hard, but I think, you know, from as an outsider, I think it's, it will be easier for the comedy seller uh, to, uh, to get back. Right. Uh, once, once they open, because obviously, you know, they're, they're popular, you know, sure. uh, they have two rooms so they can manage the, um, the capacity but when they open, you know, right. that's, that's the other question, but there's another, um, there's, I don't know if you, you heard about it. It's called mint comedy. Uh, so what they do is they produce show, they're working with the seller. Um, you know, the guy who owns it is Mustafa. He's uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, former manager. Right. Uh, and what they do is the, they tape live shows, you know, comedy yep. uh, with the comedy seller, you know, with, with audience tested, you know, in a studio, not at the comedy cell, but at the studio yeah. and they test it and they air it live, but you cannot watch it again. You know, it's, right. so it's kind of bringing that feel of actually being in the comedy club. So I think that's, that's the best thing that happening in comedy right now. Right. You know? Where they, where is it? So how often do they do that? Uh, they do it now once a month, but I right. think they're going to jump to twice and then once a week, you know, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did, did, so you, you produce comedy shows independently across the city. Yeah. Right? And did you do a lot of stuff during the summer when you could do stuff outdoors and rooftops and patios and porches and stoops and tennis courts? I I didn't see it like that, to be honest. Like you guys are comedians, so you 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 understand. Like for you, you have the need to to perform, you know, because that's that's your passion. That's where you you know. But for me, I want to produce an invite, you know, a, a great show. So I want the environment to be, uh, you know, uh, ready uh, ready to present the show. You know, so I feel sure. like. You know, outside, yeah, people needed comedy and I saw the shows outside and I saw the shows in the rooftop, but I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah. You know? uh, so I didn't really uh, try. I thought of doing it like um, out of the city, like Long Island was still open and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I thought also of doing something crazy, actually, but I I backed up at the last minute. I wanted to do, uh, do, you, do you guys know what the silent DJ is? No. So the silent oh, DJ, is that like where people go yeah, like silent yeah, disco? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, so everybody will be in a club listening to their own music, right. you know, but dancing, but you can't hear anything because everybody have their own music right. playing, you know. Yep. Uh, so I thought I'd do something like that in the comp because I wanted to be like when I do a producer, I wanted to be like, you know, um, people can actually hear the comedian, you know. Sure. And there's like some kind of exclusiveness to the show. Right. So, so that was going to go, but then, you know, I, the thing just was too much people getting sick. So I was like, you know what, let's, let's just wait, you know? Yeah. That's yeah that's this whole, cool. uh, this whole outdoor, like, you know, as a comic, I've just at, at a certain point after five months off, it was like, I just need to get up and say these words. Cause I can't yeah. even remember half the shit or like the orders fucked up or whatever. But now I, I feel you, obviously I haven't done a zoom show. I probably won't. I don't yeah. think I ever will. The outdoor stuff, it was fun and it's something and it's you get some sort of feedback, you know, do Central Park, but like you never know how you do because yeah. you're outdoors and like <laughs> Yeah. Like I did like a comedy festival here in Connecticut and Greg came to watch me and he was like, That was good. I go, I guess so. I don't really know like all the laughed were up in a, we're in the middle of a field. It's so yeah. like, you yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I heard them laughing, but it's not as loud as I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Col Colin Quinn did a show in, in, uh, uh, with, with cars, you know, yeah. it was, uh, Colin. Yep. I saw it's, that. It's, I saw it's, that. Yeah. Oh, oh, did you see that? 
I saw. Yeah, it, yeah. So that was like when they said they say like in the beginning it was weird because they couldn't like you said they couldn't see like people laughing or whatever. so they asked him to honk and like turn yeah. the lights on when they <laughs> so laugh. So strange. Dude. Yeah. So it's 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 crazy. I feel for you guys. You know. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, but also for 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 us as a producer, you know, money is gonna is gonna play a, a factor. And this, I'm against not paying anybody. Like, there's some people doing shows and not paying. I can't do that. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So at, when you when you do shows, ha, what? So you, but you work all across the city, right? So you do shows yes. in different places. So what's? And they all go. There's like different names, right? Like, yeah. You do, yeah. So what? What makes those shows different from each other? Um, I, I for a while I did I did a lot of comedy on Broadway. Right. Uh, I had the um, um, the uh, um, Liberty Theater, like in 42nd and stuff. Yep. So I wanted to bring like a Broadway experience, but with um, with comedy, you know? Yep. So I started, so the way I did it is like, I saw like a red carpet before the show, you know, and then a comedy show and then a club party, you know? Oh, that's cool. That, that was one theme, you know? Right. The other one uh, could have been like, um, you know, just kind of like um, a regular stand-up show, but uh, but like a lot of comedians within 10 minutes each, you know? Yeah. They just do 10 minutes, yep. you know? So, so kind of like speed uh, comedy. So yeah. you're so you're like a prom- like a promoter, like at heart, right? So, I mean, I, I, I recognize that because I, I used to do that. I used to promote all different stuff across the city, mainly nightclubs, but we would do theme nights at 10 different clubs and have all different kind of crazy themes. Yeah. And different gimmicks to each club and each night and all that and it seems like just talking to you for a few minutes that's kind of like where your mind is at you want to bring something different and unique to every show you do so it's not just the same yeah and, yeah. and the thing is i have so much respect for comedy and the comedians i i, I work around and with it's just like you know uh, they they all grace so i would never do uh, like something that comedy is not the main event right you know sure what I'm saying? sure yeah. How how do you think it's going to change when everything starts to open back up? Uh, I mean, that's the million dollar question. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you've seen a, you know, we've seen some places already not come back, right? Danger Fields, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Creek in the Cave, Creek obviously, Cave, yeah. not coming back. And there's rumors, you know, across the city about other stuff too. But like, how, how do you think that that changes the landscape and and the the quality of the shows, you know, the, you know, there's obviously so many comedians, but do you think it weeds out some of the, the open micers and the, you know, the first timers? Like, do you think that the scene somehow weeds itself out? Like, what do you think? That's a, that's a great point. I thought about that a lot is like when, when the, you know, when comedy comes back, is it going to be fair for somebody who's just started or is it actually going to be a better opportunity for them because people will not afford to pay like big comedians, you know? But then on the other hand, all the big comedians gonna just willing to jump on the stage and do sure. sometime, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's gonna be a lot of rooms open, not necessarily comedy clubs, but right. I think it's gonna be a lot of shows all over. I think a lot of every, uh, you know, bunch of comedians gonna, you know, have a room for them, you know? Sure. And, I, and I think it's gonna be busy. I think people need, need comedy. Um, another thing I, I heard a lot of people trying to open clubs in the South now because they think yeah. this is gonna be a long-term thing. So South is more like, you know, uh, warmer so uh you right. know uh i think the cellar will open in vegas soon once the one though because they have one in vegas as well right where so, oh yeah where is it in vegas <clears throat> um i forgot the name of the hotel um but it's not open yet the, the, right. the hotel itself is not open so oh right i think it's in one of the newer yeah releases. yeah i think it will it will open soon right hopefully yeah 
Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I I have no idea. If someone asked me that question, my answer would be I have no freaking clue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's because we see we produce shows out here in Connecticut, right? We're about an hour outside the city, and we've been producing shows for almost two years. And you know, it's interesting to see the 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 pool of talent that we always used to do shows with, whether it was you know would come to our open mics or some of our showcases or whatever they might be. You can already see, you know, a lot of the people that were like on the cusp right that are sort of faded away yeah right yeah. but then the people who who clearly had talent are now kind of doubling down on that talent and and kind of really kind of going for it which i think is cool to see but it's still a weird time because there's only so many places you can go to to practice yeah you know and and those places are now it, it looks like at this point you know clubs doing bigger shows especially out here in connecticut so there's not that much opportunity for for guys that you know not unlike nick who because we run shows has as much opportunity as anybody to really get out there and do what you need to do to become a better comic yeah yeah so i'll be curious to see how that affects what effects that has in the city once you know the city starts to open up again and yeah i thought i thought of that also i was like i wonder how the lineup is going to be like who is you know like I I remember like I can I it's different but I compare it kind of like 9-11 when it happened right. I was working at the cellar at that time and um you know obviously you you like it's not time for comedy it's not gonna happen you know but then the next day I don't know if you guys remember they had this um benefit in Madison Square Garden a huge yep. one with sure. Seinfeld and yep. Rock and and they all wanted to practice to do into the cellar yeah. You know, and when they went to the cellar to practice, obviously the people went to, you know, so comedy kind of picked up right back, you know. Right. Um, so I feel like a lot of the big comedians needs to, um, you know, to carry it in a little bit, you know, what I'm saying I'm promoted again and stuff. Like, I know Chappelle has been doing shows in Ohio, you know. Yeah. And Austin, yeah, he's, he's, and Austin with yeah. Rogan. Yeah. Just uh, I think Rogan said he wants to open a comedy club in Austin. He is opening gonna, a comedy club. He yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. That's he's he's truly I mean, New York at least in New York, I believe indoor dining is coming back or is back, right? 25%, yeah. Still something. Yeah. The yeah. gyms are open. That's something. California, I mean, LA is nothing. And he's convinced every podcast I hear him on, he's convinced. He's like, it ain't coming back for a very long time. In New York? No, in uh, California, he's saying. In California, New, huh? New York, there's signs of life, I'm saying. Like, there's, yeah, yeah. there's even, like, when we went to do the Central Park shows in the summer and all, like, you're like, wait, the city's not dead. Like, there's people here. It's it, There's still action. Central Park is packed. I yeah. was like, there's still things. L.A. is nothing. And yeah. he's he's convinced that there's there's LA. no shots come yeah that it's gonna be dead yeah. for a long long time so yeah I do feel New York is gonna is gonna bounce back quicker. for sure yeah. I think you know so I mean I, I'm, yeah. even like during this crazy time like when when um when guests were hosting Saturday Night Life you know I remember they wanted like Bill Burr and all these guys when they were hosting the the last weeks they wanted to practice something so they would go to a place and 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 just do a little bit you know um, even when it's closed, just just a special night or something. Yeah. So, so I think you can you can start a night and you'll be surprised who will show up. You know? Yeah, I, I think New York springs back very fast. I, I'm not one of these people that thinks that it's some long term, you know, thing that's gonna that's gonna crush New York City. I, I don't see it. I mean, I, my my main office is in Midtown Manhattan, which I haven't been to a whole hell of a lot. But the few times I've come into the city, it's noticeably yeah. getting better every month. Right. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. To someone in the real estate business the other day who 
who said that they're starting to see signs that the real estate market is starting to come back in the city already, which yeah. nobody would have predicted six months ago. So, you know, I, I definitely think there's pockets in the country that are going to suffer, but I don't think New York City's one of them. I think New York yeah. City's probably. Do you think clubs is going to come back or it's going to be more like nights? You say that again? Do you think clubs, comedy clubs are going to come back or it's going to be more like nights? I, I mean, I, 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 I only can answer that in my opinion being once there's enough vaccinations around, I think that people start to, to feel like they have a superpower, right? Mm -hmm. And they're going to start going out again. I talked to my mother who's 80 years old today. She finally got her appointment to get vaccinated this week. Yeah. And the first thing she said is like, she's like, I'll be able to go out next week to dinner. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it works. You need to give it like a month. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I was yeah. like, you know, and I think that that's, sort of in a lot of people's mind, they're going to get vaccinated yeah. and they can go back to normal. Is that the safest thing? Yeah. No, but it's at least people getting back out to doing things. So I do. Yeah. I think that comedy clubs, you know, discos, people going and sweating on each other, like yeah. big yeah. discos in the city. I mean, that That's business is kind of dead. That yeah. business is kind of dead anyway. You see, I'm, I'm optimistic. Like for me, I usually rent theaters because as I said, right. I want to give a theater experience yeah. to the comedy show. So usually it's very expensive. Yeah. Uh, Right now, it's like I've been reached by a lot of, you know, the theaters I used to work with and they're willing to like do yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah, I, you know, the, you know, as I mentioned, we, you know, we produce shows out here and we, we work with a, a theater that is a beautiful state-of-the-art theater that normally their capacity is 650 people. And they have two rooms, one that's 650, one that's 220. And they're not using the 200 person room because you can't, I mean, you only can get 25 people in there correctly socially distanced, but in the 600 room person theater, they, they have built this out to where right now in Connecticut, you only can have a hundred people inside. Mm -hmm. So we're doing hundred people shows that are built in little pods, right? So you either have to buy a two person, four person or three person pod, and you have to stay in that pod. But it's, we had our first show last week there and it was sold out. It sold out very quickly. Nice. Yeah. And it's because the community is like dying for entertainment, right? Yeah, absolutely. And to go to a place you could trust and know that it's socially distanced well. And you can see it online. You can see the whole thing online. Know you're going to go have a safe experience. I, I think once you start getting back into that, you'll see how quickly people come back to you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, to your point is like how people want it dying for entertainment. You know, that, that my friend that I told you uh, produced that show, um, which is, you know, tape with the seller and they tape it live. Yep. And then they air it on their website only for that specific time. Yeah. You know, 50% of the people are from like international audience, yeah. like from England and from... Right from russia a lot of that so it's all around the world I, even though i i i do believe like stand-up is an american art more than yeah. anything else you know sure. yeah uh, so people so. really miss that because they can't travel to the u.s especially to new york to get that experience so yeah. so i think that worked well you know yeah. yeah and i'm sure it's very good quality and and the production value is good which i think makes a big difference in what people are willing to or, or, or seek out and to pay for because, you know, I've watched a few of these Zoom shows that I've had friends on, of course, yeah. to watch them. And I, without naming names, some of them are really poorly done yeah. and it's hard to watch, right? Yeah, so like, it, you know, it's hard to laugh, you know, and, yeah. and think it's funny, even though you, it is when the production value is not good. So if absolutely. your production value is not good, you're not going to bring people back no matter who's on that that those showcases and the shows so you know i think that that's a big part of it because it's almost like you know i mean there have been no bigger 
piece to the Netflix model in the last couple of years than stand-up comedy specials. Yeah. You know, they've yeah. invested, you know, I mean, an ungodly amount of money on stand-up comedy specials. And, you know, a lot of them are stuff that was already done. It wasn't, they didn't produce it. They just bought it. And, you know, same with comedy dynamics. Yeah. And, you know, there's a different quality of some of the specials, but they're all very good. And yeah. as long as you're producing that quality, then people are going to come to you, whether it's on Netflix, Amazon, you know, absolutely, or, or through your stream, through your website. So that's the most important thing, I think, is yeah. the quality. And, and eventually people are going to be, uh, want to see it live sure. you know, because they're sick of everything. So, so that's why I truly believe that New York especially will come back, you know, yeah. And it'll be golden time for comedians, you guys, you know, yeah. like, it's just like, if you, um, if it's done right, like you said, you know. Yeah, yeah I keep trying to tell Nick to get out there as much as he can. He, I don't do stand up, Nick, Nick does. Yeah. And, you know, he's got a great talent. He's very, very good. And um, I mean, I hate saying that, believe me. <laughs> Change me. I, know, I hate, I hate hearing it too. It's, it's the worst. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I keep trying to say, listen, you got to get out there as much as you can, because yeah. the second stuff opens up, you got to be able to pounce, you know, and like and make your time and make your moment, because that's that's what's going to you know rise to the top. And it shows. Yeah. And I see a lot of comedians like uh, use this uh, uh, past period in in doing a really good job in social media, you yeah. know, and in writing. So yep. some just waited out, some are writing and some are like doing a lot of social media. So, you know, it could work. Yeah. It, when, I mean, when, when did you come to the United States? Oh, long, 25 years ago, maybe. Right. So how old were you? Uh, I was 20 okay. or 19. Right. And what, what brought you here just to get out of where you were? Actually, I just came on vacation, you know, my dad used to live here, you know, right. and I just, I finished school and I was like, I went on vacation and then I came and then I liked it. I was like, I'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's a lot really... going on here. This is yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> war close by where I'm from and I'm going to stay here. Yeah. I was like, I like it. It's all right. I used to travel a lot when I was right. younger, you know, I didn't really live in one country for a long time, but right. you know, and my dad has said like, he grew up here, he studied here and then he moved to so. So I was like, all right, let me see what's going on. And then I liked it. So right. I was like, you know. And you, but you grew up in Kuwait, right? I was born in Kuwait. Right. I lived there till the first war. And then right. I went to college in Egypt. Oh, okay. For four years. Yeah. Right. And then moved here. And um, do you have any, like, do you go back there at all? To, uh, yeah. I mean, to Kuwait, I went back once. Uh, maybe. Uh, I, and I was going to Dubai, so I was like, let me right. swing by. Egypt, I try to go every couple of years, you know, yeah. like two, three years. You, you, know? have, you have family and obviously friends and stuff there? Uh, friends, yeah. Family, no. no. Family, are mostly here. All here. But gotcha. yeah, yeah. But I, I like when I travel, I like to go somewhere new. Yeah, yeah. right. Me too. Yeah. It's like I've yeah, seen you're this like, before. Yeah, I've already been here. Once college <laughs> here. I'm over this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you come to the U.S., you're 20. So how did you get? involved into producing shows and comedy and all this stuff like how did that come uh, about you know it's funny is like you know a friend of mine got me um got me a job he's like uh waiting tables in a in a place called olive tree no way i was gonna yeah. say i'm i knew it i'm like you know what he worked at the olive tree that's yeah so bad. i was like all right, i was like all right let me go so i go there and it's you really don't know what's going on downstairs you just see lines and lines and yeah you know um and um and come and, and then i was like I start seeing like some famous people, but it, like he's so busy, like you can't really tell if this is was that. No, yeah. maybe not. You know, uh, <laughs> you know. And then, 
but you see people you know laughing and stuff and many many doorman norm's dad uh, who was the owner back then and then um you know so i start so i, I start working at the cellar right away at the comedy cellar right away and then when i start going down my friend uh used to work the door at the comedy cellar which is the best job yeah so then uh, many asked me to be a manager and they really didn't want to you know i was like oh yeah, you're gonna have to do it and i was like okay and then my friend uh, that worked the door, you know, left. He became Chappelle's manager, you know, and I took his job. I, I became the door. Um, and he, he, he became Chappelle's manager. He signed that $50 million deal and everything. It was, it was just good. And then I was like, I remember my first, you know, time at the cellar or watching stand-up comedy. Because we don't, we, stand-up comedy was not big back then in the, yeah. whole, the rest of the world, you know. Right. And I came from the Middle East. So the first time I saw somebody doing a political joke, I was like, oh, I can't wait for the Secret Service to come. <laughs> you know? He's like, going to get killed. <laughs> yeah. And then nothing happened. I was like, whoa, what's going on? This is awesome. Dude, and that's um, so funny. And I just started, you know, uh, admiring uh, the art. And I just got to know all the comedians. And I started to know a lot of people, like a lot of the famous, famous comedian when they were just starting. Yeah. You know, and I saw the journey and I was, I became a, a big fan of that. And I have so much respect, but I mean, like the lineup when I started was like Greg Giraldo, Colin Quinn, David Tell, Chappelle, Chris Rock. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's, you know, you see, you'd be like, whoa, this is just a mate. Louis CK. I don't want to forget anybody. So many, you know? Yeah. And do you see, you know, um, open mic. I don't want to see who was the, an open mic, but you see like people who's like superstars now are doing the open mic and, and they all have like certain, you know, character, you can always tell who's going to make it. Right. And it's never by who's the funniest person. It's never like that, you know? Yeah. And what yeah. do you, what, what do you, what's, if it's not their talent or the funniest person, what do you see in that person? Um, I always say uh, the number one thing is communication, their communication skills. And not only with, uh, with the fans or with the managers or with the other, the whole thing, you know, it's always, you know, I always give give that example. It's like if I'm if I'm booking a show, and I'm calling say five people, one like a mega star, one is like star, one is like working comedian, and two open micers. The first one's gonna get back to me as a superstar, right away. Either yes or no. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you know, and the same thing if you have a project, the first people is gonna get back to you. Like just they're so fast jumping in opportunity and understanding the opportunity. You know, dealing with it. You know, so their communication of yes, I can do this or no, I cannot do this is great. And that communication make them communicate the jokes better to the audience, yeah. even if it's not funnier. Like I see the same, same um, not same joke, but same topic, two different comedians doing it. One is so funny, but one is just can get it to the people. You know right. what I'm saying? Sure. So, yeah, I think that's that's major, you know, uh, communication. But it's not, it's never the funniest, but I saw a lot of funny, funny people that did not make it. I mean, I'm sure you know that, you know. Yeah. So it is funny because I used to, I mean, I lived in the city for many years and used to go down and spend a lot of time, obviously, down on Bleecker and Thompson and everywhere. Yeah. There. And I mean, the amount of time I spent in the olive tree is insane. Right. And I didn't spend that much time in the comedy cellar, but I spent an insane amount of time in, in the That's olive. Fun. When was that? Oh, man. The mid 90s to, to mid, mid 90s, mid to late oh, so 90s. Before my time. OK, I was uh, going to say, how come we never met? But we yeah. might have, I mean, we moved out of the city in, in 2004, 2004. Okay, so I'm sure, I'm sure we met then. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I started 2000, mean, yeah. It's, I mean, I honestly, me and my wife spent so much time there just because my wife's Middle Eastern, her parents yeah. from Libya. Oh, yeah? 
Libya. And, nice. you know, so any anywhere there's a good Middle Eastern restaurant, we obviously no. go there. The, and yeah. uh, I used to be like, you know, there's a comedy club downstairs. We really should go down. And like, never, like, I mean, I did with friends and stuff. And I grew up going in Village Underground and all those places. Um, but it's just funny because like, it's so New York City to have one exactly. of the greatest comedy clubs yeah. in the world beneath like a killer Middle Eastern, like, yeah, you know, and, I mean, and the funny thing is like the, the energy, like you can see like Madonna and next to her is the chef who just care about the chicken kebab. He doesn't want to yeah. see anybody right now. You know, just get out of my way. You know, he doesn't even know who she is. And just get out of my way. You know, and, like I'm busy. I'm working. Leave me yeah, alone. I don't have time for that. And, and they were like, so that energy, the combination. And that was, you know, the best. I always say, like, when people tell me what's the best memory at the cellar or stuff like that is. I always say the behind the scenes stuff, yeah. you know, that people don't see that, that, you know, the, the interaction before between comedians or, or between, um, you know, staff and, and comedians and stuff like that. Um, right. So when I, when I left the comedy cellar, you know, I, I have my, my friend Keith and Carl, I have friends with all these guys. It's like, why don't you start producing your shows? And I was like, that's, that's a good idea. So I started, you know, it's funny. I started as a bet uh, in, in, in <laughs> Philadelphia. There's a helium comedy club. Yeah. You know, yep. So my friend Keith Robinson, the comedian, I went with him to Philly and the, the owner of Philly is like, Philly is dead on Sunday. You can never do a show. Right. So it's like, well, we, we'll do a show here and we're going to kill it. You're going to sell everything. It's like, it's impossible. It's like, we'll see. You know? So we had a, a show there once a month and we had like Kevin Hart and Patrice, Colin Quinn and Tony Rock. And like every, wow. like, it was insane, you know? And he's like, he was complaining there's too many people coming. You know? <laughs> so, so it was, um, <laughs> That's funny. It, it was, it was something, you know? And then I started in New York and Lake city around, you know, right. so I was like, always, uh, you know, make sure like I respected the art so much that sure. I always wanted to do something like that. Yeah. And with, with the podcast that you do with Noam, what, you know, he has live from the table and live from America. Right. Yeah. And we don't yeah. like live from the table that much. You what? I don't like live from the <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't say anything. Um, so, I mean, you guys have such an amazing guests on your show. And he, the other show that we won't name names to has such a wide range of different guests on that yeah. show too. Like what, how do you guys decide, like, you're going to have this person on and he's not going to have that person on? Like, is there a battle sometimes between who gets what and how you you know what you want to focus on because you know they're both not traditional yeah. comedy podcast obviously yeah no no uh so so the thing is started you know for life on the table um you know they always wanted to capture you know because the last in the olive tree the last table yep. is a comedian's table yep you know and that is the funniest place you want to be like all sure. the comedians even even the big stars they go there because they want to be roasted because everybody just roasts everybody it's so funny so that's how a lot of people started like Conan Quinn wanted to start his show a uh, tough crowd based on that, you know? Uh, and that, so they wanted to capture, I think the one that came up with the idea, I think it was Robert Kelly. Um, and uh, so they started to do it and they wanted to, to have a mix of like comedians talking about real issues, you yeah. know? Um, so they started that show years ago um, and they wanted to mix it up. And then when I started my show, I, I would know him. It was, I think it was three years ago, maybe. Uh, three and a half about you know so um it was different production you know so the person who books that show is different than a person i book my show you know so i was like i 
I wanted to lean more towards everything, every topic and everything, you know what I'm saying? And I wanted to use the, the word that I always have with Noam. We always debated the whole time, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, he's from Israel, I'm from Egypt, we always debate, debate, debate. Because yep. I used to even debate with his dad, Manny. Uh, you know, Manny was a big, you know, huge comedy figure as well, you know. Yeah. But um, but he always he loves debate. Like if I say something and he doesn't like it, he's like, sit down, let's debate this. Right. And I used to, it's funny, I used to always do that in New Year's Eve because we have to decorate the room for three hours. So yeah. I just tell him something, he's like, sit down. And so I get get rid of work. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Everybody else is working. I was like, oh, Israel suck. It's like, what? Sit down. Let's talk about it. So I talk for four hours. I don't have to work, do anything, start the page. So it was awesome. Good trick. Good trick. So, so I wanted to have a show with, um, with Norm and have comedians and add guests as well, you know? So, so we have two different, uh, you know, um, two different bookers, you know, and I think that's what makes it. And um, for my show, I, I try to go like all fields, as you see, like I had like space, international space station uh, commander. I have like whatever, you know, anybody that, I, that, that can, that I see that is really have a unique experience, you know, yeah. uh, I'd like to get. From yeah. time to time, we'll have the same thought about the same guests, you know? Right. Uh, me and the other booker, you know, but, uh, you know, um, sometimes you, uh, it's funny. I think it's worse when you, you know, you guys, I know you guys also book your shows uh, or I don't know if you have somebody books it for you, but you know, when you get, when you book somebody and you know, after you book them that they're crazy, you know, you're like, there's something <laughs> wrong with this guy. I don't want him. So, so if I find out something like this, I try to pass him to life from the table. Right. And if they have somebody like that, they try to pass <laughs> it to me, you know, so we have this thing going, you know, right, right, I was right. like, Oh, I'm booked. But if you want to reach out this person, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, that's funny. Who is, is it Periel books for the Periel, other? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, uh, Periel is the one booking up right now. Yeah. 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 She, she's, she's a friend. Uh, yeah, she's great. Yeah, and she's she's pretty she's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, but it's crazy because when I was going through, like the just the sheer amount of different guests from different worlds that have sat in with you guys, it's incredible. Like, oh, thank variety you, of people, right? From like what you mentioned, astronauts, porn stars, models, district attorneys, CIA agents, obviously comedians. It's it's wild. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's very hard, and I know you guys are professional podcasters, so you understand. It's very hard to like also because not everyone is open to come, especially with comedians. You yeah. know, like when you around, you know, if I tell guests, okay, come and like we we'll do this for the three of us and a regular guest, like, oh, I'm worried about these guys. The comedians yeah. are gonna make fun of me the whole time. Right. So they have to explain to them it's not really a comedy show. Right. It's just like my main thing is like I want to lay the information to people the correct information sure uh but with a sense of humor you know yeah. you get it more like that so yeah. and in the beginning it was hard a little bit you know getting that formula and getting guests too but i think it rolls once you get great guests once you have some good names everybody just all they do is they check the names and they're like yeah i'm in you know yeah yeah i mean that's really you know obviously what's helped nick and i build this podcast in a pretty short amount of time we've been doing it about a year and a half and you know we've We've been lucky, of course. You know, we managed to take advantage of the last 10 months with people's downtime and yeah. most comedians saying yes to everything. And, you know, obviously, and I, you know, I have a history. I used to pub, uh, publish a music magazine that I founded and ran for 10 years. So, nice. you know, I, I know kind of how to talk the language of getting people to come on. But, you know, when we have a couple things going against us is, is you know, our name is a little tough for some people to, to understand, wrap their head around. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, again, a lot of people that, you know, we've had some people on the show. We had Joan Blades who founded moveon.org, right? Wow. Which that's an unconventional guest for us to, to yeah. get, right? And she said yes right away, just with a couple of questions, like we weren't going to make fun of things. And I'm like, we're not a stand-up comedy show. We're not yeah. doing jokes. We're not going to poke fun at you. We just want to bring you on. And there, there's obviously good reason to talk to you with everything going on in the world. And that's kind of what we wanted to, to do is come at it from a comedic perspective, absolutely, but, but not make it, you know, let's just get on and, and tell a bunch of, you know, dick jokes. And, and I agree hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's great. What, that's what I think has led to our success is that people continually say, Oh, you know, it's like listening to a couple of buddies, you know, talking about whatever they're talking about. That's not, it's not competitive, right? Yeah. People, we're not, trying to get a joke over on someone on the other line on the other absolutely side. yeah 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 especially when you get a guest like Joan blades or like you yeah. know we had yeah, anthony scaramucci it was you know like it just, I, i'm not interested in trying to be like the funny guy at that point like if you yeah. just want to listen to these people like we had even though we have a funny like jamie kennedy right very funny guy famous absolutely, comedic yeah. actor but like i want to listen to him talk and ask him questions because of what his career like how it's been like i didn't yeah. even know he was a stand-up you know what i mean like i knew he did stand oh, up wow. like eight times and then became a actor and yeah. then he just went with it you know what i mean so you learn a lot you just got to shut up a little bit more and listen that's yeah. what i like but that's the thing learn. is like when you have a comedy background like you guys is like you know um there's always, you know, you can ask the questions in so many ways, but yeah. when you have humor, when you add humor to it, people feel good while you, while you, while they're listening to the show and stuff like that. You know, not a lot of people can do that for me. The only thing, as I said, is like, sometimes, you know, either have a crazy guest or, yeah. or had, or have a guest who is like afraid they're going to be make fun of, yeah. or even worse, I guess, come that trying to make jokes to be funny. And it's yeah. not, I mean, you know, <laughs> you've got a couple guys. I mean, obviously guys, you know, we had Barry Katz on. Yeah. Right. And, you know, Nick was like, why is Barry Katz coming on our show? And I'm like, honestly, Nick, I have no idea, but let's see what happens. So we had Barry on. We I don't even know if we got all the way through our intro and Barry just started talking. And I'm pretty sure it's nine. So, I think we said four words. Yeah. He's still <laughs> talking to us like 10 months later. Like, thinking. and those are the best interviews because people just come on and yeah. they roll. Right. Because they're, you know, Barry likes obviously to talk, you know, he's yeah. a talk. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. You know, he comes on and they just feel comfortable and they just start letting it go. And for guys on the other end of an interview, as you know, like the best thing your guest could do is talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Like, that's and, a, that's the thing is like, you know, when you when you invite me to your show, like all the ticks of like 30 seconds watching of the show, it's like, okay, that's cool. Because you know, you make it very comfortable, you know. It's yeah. like it's like a chat, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, so yeah, but but definitely, you know, I think uh I think having a lot of a lot of things, you know, the behind the scene in a podcast are very funny, as you guys yeah. must know, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's funny, too, because when I talk to a lot of, you know, comedians, you know, especially younger guys who haven't really experienced the New York City comedy scene yet, they obviously know the seller, they know the history of the seller, they know about the table. But yeah. I don't think they really know where that table is, right? They, yeah. <laughs> they think it's like in the front door of the comedy cellar. Like you walk down, there's this table there with all yeah. the famous comedians sitting. I'm like, no, they're upstairs eating hummus. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, what's funny is like, uh, you know, especially when I was there, like I, I called it the golden era, obviously, because I'm there. So yeah, I'm going to call it that. <laughs> but, but, but at that time, it was, it was, there was so many, like, there's not one person that's not, Awesome. There's not one person that's not superstar right now, uh, or like like very very great comedian. You know, yeah. so we had that 
back table, you know, which is the comedian's table. Uh, and there's a sign you only say here is a comedy seller comedian. You can perform somewhere else, but if you're not a comedy seller comedian, uh, you, you can sit here. And we'll have from time to time people try to sit there, you know, when, when nobody's there and you have to tell them. But what's funny is like once the comedians are there, nobody will dare sit in that table. They will right. wish that somebody sit there that's yeah. not, a, yeah. and you just roast them, you know? I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, there's so, there's so much, you know, Jim Norton, Patrice, it's, it's crazy. You know, imagine these, all these guys together. Yeah, I know. know. It's, it's crazy. What, what did uh, you think of the show crash, Crashing? Which one? Crashing? Crashing. Uh, uh, it was good. You know, I think it was good. I, it's always, uh, you know, um, there's also, the, I think, the seller, uh, uh, this week at the seller, the comedy seller. Yeah. At the com at Comedy Central, uh, I think they're good, but I I still yet to see. I don't know if you guys agree. Like so, especially, I, I don't know. Nick, you've been to the cellar? I have not. No. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen a show that captured that yeah. yet. The whole thing. What do you um, think's missing? Honestly, I think a lot of people hold back because right now with the cancel culture and stuff like that, they just don't say everything. You know. Right. But if, and also I think the problem is the producers, you know, if they let, you know, uh, the bookers or, you know, ST or Norm or, or, or Liz or somebody who's, who's there and understand the energy produce it, have, I mean, they have, they, they, they co-produce, but if they produce a hundred percent, they will have that atmosphere in, you know? Right. So I think um, a lot of times they, they go, and I see it a lot of times also when they were filming is like, they go with more of actors than comedians for somehow you know? yeah um but yeah the behind the scene is as i said is the funniest part more than the stand-up itself you know or or anything um that that happens in the stage that only people understand in the room because yeah. sometimes you know you communicate from the stage yep. to the room um you know i remember one time um that computers went down you know and uh while uh, David Tell was on the stage, <sighs> and he uh, and we had uh, we had to fix we had to write everything on the checks, you know, as uh, on checks instead of like handwritten checks instead of the computers. So that took a long time. Right. So he tell, kept telling him stretch, stretch, yeah, yeah. stretch. You know. So he he had this joke about how um, how airplanes don't know if a terrorist is booking a ticket because he'll say, my name is Bob, B as a bomb, O as a, you know what I'm saying, that, that joke. Right, so, right. so he did this joke uh, and then he said, I don't know what the name is, like uh, Aaron or something. I, like, I don't have no more jokes. G, like, get Godfrey. <laughs> and, and nobody understand what's going on except us. We dying from laughter because he's communicating the joke to us. Like, right. like I've been here for two hours. Like, come on, you know? <laughs> uh, so stuff like that, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 I can imagine it's got to be a pretty wild scene. It, you know, it is, it's true. Like the best show kind of happens not during the show. Like we yeah. had a show Saturday night and it, it started off rough, right? Cause we only can do 25 people in, in, cause our shows are part of like, kind of like a restaurant, right? So the restaurant only can have half capacity. So we have to play by the restaurant rules, not the performing art rules. So each show we do, we do two shows, 25 people a piece at six and eight. So the first show just by weird coincidence, it, it's so I think we sold out or, or very close to selling out the 25 tickets, but a lot of people didn't show up for some reason. 
So we started late. It just got off on a bad vibe. And I was in the back stairwell <laughs> with a couple other comedians just ripping on the guy on stage and his act and like <laughs> ruthless, utterly ruthless. And I'm like, man, this is what the show should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's so it's so I remember I had um, uh, I had a show, my first show in Philly or maybe my second uh, and Kevin Hart was performing or was going to perform and um and it was me and keith and of course you can imagine sold out you know people on top of each other and in philly it's not even my city i don't know anything and keith is like oh uh, uh kevin just canceled so go on the stage and tell people kevin canceled i was like i'm not going to stage tell people they get kill me are you crazy? yeah in philadelphia of all places yeah and he didn't cancel it was just fucking him, you know? <laughs> i was just trying- so, yeah and i was like dude i'm in the green room like what am i gonna do like all these people it's like and we had like three shows in a, in a row like back to back to back it's like can't tell them like like and then he showed up it's like god you know so stuff like that is always right. always great you know that's pretty funny. Did did you ever do stand up? You ever ever any any myself? Yeah. Uh, uh, before no, but I did. You know, a lot of times um, I wrote a lot. You know, of stuff. Especially like uh, we'll have people like have uh, TV shows or or jokes or or uh, movies or stuff like that, and they want to add like something. You know, from an immigrant point of view, or yeah. immigrant language, or 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 Middle Eastern, something like that. So, will give me this as like, oh, why did you read this? Rewrite the part of that. You know, so I start liking that. So I start yeah. writing a lot in that in that aspect. Oh, that's so cool. that I wrote a couple of shows here and there, but I never wanted to do stand up right. myself. You know, yeah, me, me. I want to write and and produce. You know, that's my thing. Yeah, it's funny. I I same with me. Like I don't have the get up on stage bug like I don't I don't yeah I don't have it yeah but I, I write I'm a writer too so I've, I've written a lot of stuff and done tv shows and written for stuff and yeah for some reason I think I think if you want to be a good writer you don't want to be you know the performer I don't know if you agree yeah you need to be like a but I mean Nick's a fantastic like he really is he's a really good comedian he he has great on-stage presence he connects with the audience and he reads it well like it's I just don't have that like yeah. at, at all. I don't have the, I don't have that passion on that bug. I don't have that intuition, you know, and, and I don't think you can fake it. Like you could tell when someone is absolutely doesn't have it or trying, but it works. Even though I do believe that and not to take away from comedians, but I do believe that if anybody that want to do comedy eventually will, will, will get somewhere, not like great, you know, not, but if you just, because it becomes a lot like acting, like if you have a solid 50 minutes, that's it. And you can yeah. go, but if you want to be a comedian, comedian, you know, obviously as Nick knows, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's harder, you know, yeah, to, sure. uh, to just be like new, mm-hmm. new person every day or, or have that sense of humor of, of like reading the news, reacting to it differently than anybody else. But a lot of people just become performers, you know, yeah. uh, like they have 15 minutes and they act it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so so it's different but yeah i i have a lot of respect for for comedy stand-up comedy and comedians that that i don't want to do it yeah. plus i want to be the best in what i do and, right. and i know it's not gonna happen i don't know how how nick feels about it. it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work a lot of rejection too sure you know and you judge by people that don't know comedy you know saying right. most of the producers and and networks i don't want to mention their names because you know i don't want them to get pissed but they don't know comedy you know who's who's the comedian that you know that in charge of something comedy yeah i have no idea i mean besides honest i mean bill burr has all things comedy right. yeah no, I, but bill burr I, is that yeah but that's but but bill's burr is like 
not only is he he's a comics comic but he's also like a like a man's man a guy's guy he's just like such a normal yeah dude and he essentially made that network and he even said this so like to help produce specials so comics don't get fucked yeah you know yeah. so he's very it's different he's not like sitting there like the ceo like the businessman like yeah, he's yeah. done it he's seen all the bullshit and he yeah. doesn't want other people no, he's, to he's, have to go through yeah. it no he's a great guy too but uh you know but i'm saying in tv you know yeah oh yeah Nobody, no. the producers no. they don't yeah well there's they no there's TV. no i mean every every podcast you listen to like who needs tv like joe rogan doesn't need to be on a sitcom yeah like why yeah. would why yeah. why would he you know what i mean he could just get high and talk to his friends yeah yeah <laughs> make a hundred million dollars like you know what i mean it's it, it's in it's in the performer's hands now it's different not everyone is waiting for the three four late night spots or the to get on snl yeah or you know even like i don't know if you know shane gillis right like what happened with him and getting kicked off snl that's yeah. probably helped him absolutely i don't think it's it made him a little more famous and he's moving tickets now and it's like did you yeah. really want to be on snl or like now you're yeah there's there's so many routes there's no I one think, way i think there's a lot of uh you know comedians also that you know can't get on netflix or something and then they saw the own underground thing yeah and then you know they find the success and they get more money than dude uh, look at mark norman yeah put a special on youtube it's at five million views yeah. i think now yeah. Netflix was like, fuck you. Every, everything one said, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah. And he puts on, you know, he goes, he goes on podcasts and he basically performs and he's his, his fondy self. And then 5 million views on YouTube and yeah, you make yeah. money off that. So it's like, you know, Andrew and so Schultz. Many, yeah, Andrew that. Schultz also have a great Big example. YouTube, yeah. Uh, you know, followers and stuff like that. And he's a great comedian, you know, yeah. very smart, very smart guy too. And, you know, uh, that's the thing is like, you know, people can see through bullshit you know they know where to find you you know but now with the podcast you know it, it has it's an outlet for a lot of people you know yeah so yeah, yeah. i mean it really is it's 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 opened up you know community. even though it's outlet for too many people <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't gonna say that but um you know it does though you know the thing is if it's you know obviously what you're alluding to everybody is putting out a podcast now it, it's it's who has the stamina to to keep it going like people ask me all the time you're right i mean i would by no means say we're like you know we're a fairly successful podcast but you know we're just one of a billion uh, almost but you know the one thing people ask me all the time is like what's your advice and i'm like don't eat don't even get started if you're not going to be consistent like if you're going to do it once a month then it, it's like that's not, with anything almost you know, yeah, you know if you're gonna yeah. like I'm, i only exercise once a month it's like well <laughs> it's not working that's how i do too yeah oh weird okay <laughs> you know with anything that you want to have consumption to it's consistency and it's absolutely being in someone's you know face whether it's on social media or releasing a podcast you know a new episode or on on youtube whatever it is but if you can't be consistent then you're really not setting yourself up for success yeah. so, the one thing i want to ask you though because you're also right is the one thing that i can't get myself to do is be consistently writing it's just like right. i can't do that you know i have to be in a certain mood yeah well you know, uh, i'm like I, that with stand up to be honest oh yeah i mean yeah. right too because you know but now yeah. now now I'll, I'll let Greg answer, but I was just going to say like, for me, I, now I'm forcing myself like today, today, I literally was like 10 minutes. Yeah. Look at what you got. But, but you kind of have to, because you yeah. Yeah. have to do it. We don't. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a deadline for us. 
Yeah. Right. You. And you think like it, I, I for me, I'm thinking like I'm going to sit down and like have this hour long session and just like <laughs> it's like, nah, it's not the case. Like you have an idea. You try to expand on it. Tried it open mic. Eh, that kind of sort of worked. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? You just got to keep even if it's 10 minutes a day, something. But Greg. Yeah, well, I, I mean, when I when I had my music magazine, I, I started this music magazine solely because I wanted to get into a concert that I couldn't get into. And I oh, wow. Bullshit. I'm like, I have a music magazine and it worked. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to start a music magazine now because otherwise I'm a liar and I didn't <laughs> want to be a liar. So I did. And I ran it for 10 years pretty successfully. Nice. Well, no, actually very successfully. And I wrote for the first like five years, 90% of the content myself. I did every interview. I did every concert review. I did everything myself. And it was the most stressful time that I could imagine going through in a professional way. And I did it as a hobby, right? And I would go see a show and I would have to go home that night and write. Because if I didn't do that, I knew I would probably never do it. Yeah. Unless I forced myself to sit down and do it, I knew I wouldn't do it. That's like my personality. That's why I failed through every school I ever went to. Yeah. And same, same, same thing with <laughs> even writing for the podcast. Like if I, if I don't actually give myself a hard deadline, like you need to do this at this time, it's going to just fall by the wayside yeah. and I'm not going to do it. So that's the only advice I would give to someone is give yourself your own embedded deadlines. Yeah. Right. Even you, if they you don't. You know what's funny is like for me, um, I started it as a joke because English is not my first language. Right. You know, and I always like, I, when I used to like write emails and stuff, it's not always like, you know, 100, so, so I don't remember who was making fun. It's like, it's like, what is this? Like, you don't even check your emails. You don't use, to, I was like, no. He's like, what do you do for a living? I was like, I'm a writer. So it was <laughs> a joke. But there's like, you know what? I actually kind of like when I did that work with people. So it's, yeah. 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 So, um, it's, so it's, yeah. Uh, before we wrap, like, what besides the podcast, is there anything? You want to plug, pitch? Uh, I mean, now we, uh, in the podcast, we do a special edition. Um, we do recap every month. Right. Um, you know, we get, you know, great comedians and, and we just, uh, we did it. We started with the year 2020. We had a recap. We have 50. That was like crazy. 50 it's guests. It's insane. Back to back. We went from six to like three o'clock in the morning. Uh, and we did actually in the election as well that we had good success in the election. So we did it again. So now we're doing a, a recap every month where we just um, go and recap everything that happened. You know, last episode, we have Colin Quinn, Rich Voss, uh, Bonnie. I don't, I don't want to forget, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of smart people, you know, and me and Noam. You know, um, so yeah, so, <laughs> in there no. in that order. I know, <laughs> in that order. <laughs> Voss is awesome. He's yeah. so funny. He, we actually has had Voss and Bonnie together yeah. in the same spot. It's funny. I don't get intimidated very easily. Like I, I really don't. Yeah. And Rich is one guy that just intimidates the shit out of me. And now, if he ever heard this, he'll he'll make me pay for it. But oh, really? uh, he he called me the other night because we booked him for a show out here. And he called me at 1030 at night, like, like last week. And I'm like, there is no way I'm prepared to talk to Rich at 1030 at night. I'm just about to go to sleep. I'm like, I, I can't even do it. His message on my voicemail was Alprin Voss, call me back. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, okay. And then the next morning I didn't call him back yet. I figured, you know, it's like nine o'clock in the morning and I was getting my haircut. He called me while I was getting my haircut. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. Like I, I just blew up two phone calls. 
then when we talked, it was fine. But I, it, he just intimidates me. It's, oh, you know, right. he's a great guy and very he, obviously. Yeah, he could be. I could, I could see that. You know, a lot of, you know, that's why when you walk in in the cellar, it's like, you know, back in the day when you see Patrice, you know, recipes. And I think I think there's documented, by the way, coming about Patrice uh, these yeah. days coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, you see Patrice and Rich Voss and Jim Norton, Colin Quinn. And you're like, oh. You know, you have to check what you're wearing first, because the yeah. first thing they do when you walk in is they check you up and down, find yeah. find something, you know, and then boom, 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 boom. You know? Yeah, do we? Uh, so Lisa Lampanelli lives around here in Connecticut. She's from Connecticut, yeah. but obviously she was in the city, and we all know how popular she was. Uh, the queen of mean, right? That's her yeah. thing. The mean lady. She was telling us stories about Patrice O'Neill and how he basically made her cry. <laughs> <laughs> she's like that, she's like that motherfucker was the meanest yeah. but she also said she's like i'm the reason why i was the queen of mean is because i'm sensitive so i was the one who was going yeah, after yeah. people she's like all comedians are sensitive people you have to be to read a room and know what's going on and observe but she's telling us some uh, the long story short she said she had a conversation nice convo with patrice for like 45 minutes one night at the yeah. cellar he was he was having girl troubles women troubles and it was a nice convo. And the next day, Lisa said she was sitting with a bunch of comics and she was like, hi, Patrice, how are you? And he's like, we're not fucking friends now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I was like, damn, oh, my God. She's like, that killed me. And I was like, yeah, you know, it would kill me, too. I'd be like, oh, I know. It's, it's quite, you know, when, when Manny passed away and his funeral after the funeral, Colin and Robert and a couple of comedians went for dinner. And Robert is a very great, he's a really good guy and very sensitive too. And he, we all love Manny. So, so I was telling Colin, he's like, listen, you know, we only have each other, you know, that's all, you know, we have. And we have to be more like, look, Manny's gone. We have to be together and all that. And then he went to the bathroom and they all left and left him with the bill. <laughs> And, and left him in the restaurant by himself to pay too. And he's like, motherfuckers, I just, <laughs> just stick together. <laughs> that's but a good that's, one. That's what you deal with, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Comedians are ruthless. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, man, really, thanks a lot for hanging with us. It was a great yeah, chat. Adam, this was great, man. It was great oh, talking you to you. Guys. Great thank meeting you. If you ever need anybody for anything you're producing, just uh, yeah, please, a tape, yeah, yeah, you know. Sure. Yeah, we gotta, you know. <laughs> and when things get uh, calmed down and cellar open again, we should uh, we should get uh, grab a drink or something. Over yeah, there. for sure. Hell yeah, I've never had. You know, I've always heard about the restaurant above there, and uh, I heard the food's incredible. I yeah. love the type of food, so I'm in. I could eat hummus all day, every day. So <laughs> sign me up. All right, dude. I would definitely keep in touch. Yes, please. And good luck. Can't wait to see what you guys start doing and what you're doing with your shows as, as this opens back up. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right, man. Stay healthy. Thank you. You too, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Take care.